0: You are tuned into The Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit DrTina.com. On this episode of The Dr. Tina Show, I'm going solo. We're doing a quickie episode. I wanted to share with you the dangers of NSAIDs, non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. These drugs are used throughout the world. They are red, they have a sweet coating often, and they are popped like candy. My background, if you don't know, is that I ran a very successful regenerative medicine practice for well over a decade. Prior to that, I worked with a very successful naturopathic physician by the name of Dr. Rick Marinelli, who ran a very successful musculoskeletal practice for well over 30 years. My background is that I'm a chiropractor and a naturopathic physician, so musculoskeletal medicine is my jam. You can imagine then that the bulk of patients coming in to see me had become acclimated to the regular and frequent use of NSAIDs. Now, some people never, ever take these drugs because they don't trust them, and for good reason. I will preface with this. I understand that people's pain is real and that they deserve some pain relief. I will also say that NSAID use has been normalized, and it happened during my lifetime. I was born in 74, and so I very clearly recall this drug coming to market and being used everywhere, showing up in magazines everywhere and becoming a very normalized part of American culture and I'm sure world culture as well. Now I understand intimately well that pain is tricky. I suffer with it. I suffer with chronic pain and have for over two decades. I have also treated it successfully in thousands and thousands of patients. And I know how Formidable it can be. I did an entire episode on my podcast, episode 22. I'd like to point you back there and make sure that you listen to it. I'll link it in the show notes as well. The not so easy answer to pain management. Check that episode out there. I describe how pain works. I describe how to treat it on several levels. The bottom line is if and this is what I taught all of my students throughout teaching at the different medical universities, as well as asking my patients in their onboarding health history, does ibuprofen help you? And if they told me yes, then I knew that they were dealing with inflammation. Not all pain comes from inflammation. So if ibuprofen helps, we are dealing with an inflammatory condition. Now, Tylenol is just a pain reliever. It's not an anti-inflammatory Tylenol, if helps, we're dealing with something different. So in a nutshell, if ibuprofen helps you, you're dealing with an underlying inflammatory issue. And that should help your functional medicine doctor or naturopathic physician get pointed in the right direction of how to help you. NSAIDs are non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen, um, Motrin, Those types of drugs, Advil might be the generic or the trade name that you know, the generic name is ibuprofen. The uh, drugs that came to market that were responsible for many, many, many deaths like Vioxx, also an NSAID. So there's over-the-counter NSAIDs and there's pharmaceutical NSAIDs. I went to the veterinarian recently. My, do- my dog has a knee issue and she prescribed a very strong NSAID called Prevacox. I'm hesitant to give it to my dog because of what I'm about to share with you. So I want to give you a little history about NSAIDs, and I want to take you through this in this quickie episode. Egyptians used white willow bark. We know about white willow bark. I still love white willow bark. I'm a huge fan. I use it often. I think it's a wonderful drug. Uh, it does not seem to carry with it the same problems that NSAIDs do. White willow bark was then turned into aspirin. This happened right around the time of the Spanish flu or the 1918 influenza. The soldiers that were given aspirin died. And the ones that weren't didn't die. They were using super heavy high doses of aspirin, which was toxic in those days. But also, when you cut a fever, you really shoot yourself in the foot because your fever is your body's way of trying to help you rid yourself of the bug. So I'm a big fan of rocking out the fever. I am not a big fan of shutting down the fever. And that's precisely what these drugs do. So Then onto the market, we have uh, Tylenol, which is also known as acetaminophen. Tylenol, acetaminophen is not an NSAID. So when I'm referring to NSAIDs, I'm talking about non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs. In 1969, the advent of ibuprofen. In 1976, we had naproxen on the market. This is harder on the gut, but easier on the heart. So you might see that marketed as something that's safer. Aleve is a example of naproxen. It's a one, one a day type drug. Uh, until my husband knew better, he took it regularly throughout the workday. I was not happy about it. <laughs> I had to educate him. So these are examples of NSAIDs that you might have sitting around in your cabinet and you're familiar with. Doctors write over 100 million prescriptions a year in the United States for NSAIDs. This is not the just the over-the-counter. I'm talking the prescription version of NSAIDs. It's 20 million in England and 10 million in Canada. Americans buy 30 billion tablets of over-the-counter NSAIDs yearly. In 2004, you may remember back to when there were a massive amount of Vioxx deaths, uh, some say 40,000, others say up to 80,000. We will never know. What we do know is that Merck knew this drug was dangerous and that it had cardiovascular complications and they still released it on the public anyway. If that tells you anything about trusting pharmaceutical companies, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to convince you otherwise. I'm not a big fan. 16,500 people die from GI bleeds from NSAIDs annually. 16,500. I don't know why we're not talking about this because people are popping this stuff like candy. They sell it at Costco in the giant bottle size. And there are literally people who take an entire one of those in a year. I have the same bottle from Costco from my daughter's entire life and she's 22. Now I will say this, Ibuprofen is a godsend when you need it. Uh, There have been times in my life when, and it's not irregular. I mean, I probably take ibuprofen, oh, I don't know, a handful of times a year. And I try to take the lowest dose possible. Amazing, amazing drug. And when you need it, it is a godsend. But I'm about to tell you why you don't want to use it regularly and why you want to be careful and choose your, you know, pick your battles on this one. The FDA put a black box warning on NSAIDs in 2015, uh, letting people know that the risk of cardiovascular disease in the form of heart attack and stroke was real, and that GI bleeds was real. Overuse can trigger a rebound inflammation and autoimmune disease. Rebound inflammation is where, and I've seen this in so many patients, where they're on chronic daily NSAID use for pain, either over-the-counter or pharmaceutical, usually over-the-counter. They're taking six to 800 milligrams a day or more and they will abruptly stop and their bodies, the inflammation that the NSAIDs were was suppressing will rebound quickly. And they will be in a horrific amount of pain. And so if you are on regular NSAID use, find a good naturopathic doctor or functional medicine doctor that can help you wean off of it because just going cold can be traumatizing on the body. Uh, Overuse can also trigger autoimmune disease by way of creating a leaky gut scenario and other immunologic changes it blocks pain and people will then push past the pain threshold, which is not good. So that's a common reason I'll hear people say, I don't want anything for the pain because I don't want to mess myself up. I understand. NSAIDs also inhibit healing. So you're recently injured. What does the doctor tell you? They tell you to pop a bunch of NSAIDs for the first several days to inhibit inflammation. Well, that inflammation is what's healing you. So you literally shoot yourself in the foot. I mean, literally, you inhibit the inflammatory cascade and the inflammatory cascade comes in several waves and each wave is contingent on the wave before. So if you completely shut down that first initial inflammatory cascade, you literally 300 days later will have insufficient and poor quality collagen production laid down. So what you do today will impact you a year later and how well that Specific injury in those tissues will heal. We know this so well that in the 90s, medical articles came out, studies showing that if you give, if you break a rabbit's knees (laughs) or mess up their cartilage and you throw NSAIDs at them, it will inhibit not only cartilage regrowth, but bone stitching. So We don't want to give NSAIDs to people who've had a fracture, for instance, although I see this prescribed all the time by orthopedists. Smart orthopedists know not to give NSAIDs when there's been a fracture because it inhibits knitting, sorry, not stitching, knitting of the bone. It is, in my head, it's stitching the way it grows together, (laughs) but it's knitting of the bone is the technical term, and NSAIDs will inhibit that. NSAIDs thin the blood. While this might be favorable in some cases, it's not necessarily something we all want to be walking around with, right? Okay, so... I'm going to give you some studies just for reference. And I know that there are more modern studies, but I'm throwing it back to some of the main ones that I referenced in my practice always. The Lancet, 2015. High doses of NSAIDs increase cardiovascular risk by one-third. Circulation, 2017. For people with one with history of one uh, mitocardial infarction or heart attack, taking NSAIDs increased the risk of death by 60%. And of a second heart attack by 30%. This is significant. And it's not something we ever hear about or that doctors ever talk about. I'm sure you've probably never had your doctor warn you about NSAIDs, have you? And we certainly don't see that on the news or on the TV ads, I should say, or on the, in the magazines, if anyone even reads magazines anymore. For the gut and uh, gastrointestinal system, five times more likely to get an ulcer with regular NSAID use than without. So if you're taking NSAIDs regularly, you have a five times higher risk of developing ulcers. It alters the GI flora and damages the gut mucosa. It induces leaky gut, which leads to suboptimal immune function, food intolerances and nutritional deficiencies. All of this contributes to furthering of autoimmune disease, as mentioned. It contributes to asthma, Decently so. It contributes to arthritis, which I'll get into further. It leads to kidney damage. It constricts the vessels of the kidney and uh, renal system and leads to renal failure. I've seen this happen in friends of folks who've told me, you know, my sister died of renal failure because she couldn't stop popping the, the, a leave or ibuprofen or whatever it was every day. It inhibits ovulation significantly. A 2015 study showed that after just 10 days of use, significant uh, inhibition of ovulation. So if you're trying to get pregnant, NSAIDs are not your friend. It also reduces progesterone. Progesterone is already low in most women I have ever tested. I've never, I've honestly, I cannot recall a time when I saw a normal, healthy progesterone level in a woman of any age. And that's due to lots of factors, more modern day issues. But pain, uh, progesterone is also critical for pain tolerance. And it's a neurohormone, meaning it's actually has activity in the brain, it helps bring about feelings of calm, it helps with pain tolerance. And so In a roundabout way, taking it for pain is actually reducing your pain tolerance, if you will, if you're a regular user. This is problematic. It increases miscarriages by 80%. The risk of miscarriage by 80%. It changes your macrophages from type M2 to type M1. This is problematic. The simplest explanation is that M2 macrophages are responsible for collagen production. They induce collagen production, and they're associated with wound healing and tissue repair, whereas M1 macrophages produce nitric oxide and reactive oxygen species and are pro-inflammatory. So we don't want to inhibit M1, but we don't want to be turning our M2 into M1 necessarily. And NSAIDs are responsible for that change. It induces mitochondrial damage due to their effect on GI damage and the other systems of the body that I just mentioned. The immune system is trained in the gut. So basically, if your gut is a mess, the whole thing is a mess. If your gut is inflamed, all bets are off. If you've got leaky gut, it's the beginning of a lot of problems down the line. And the chronic use of NSAIDs will definitely lead to an inflamed, bleeding, leaky gut scenario. The arachidonic acid cascade is important and I don't want to bore you guys with biochem, but I just want to explain this. There are different COX pathways, cyclooxygenase pathways, and they go either go down, arachidonic either goes down a COX-1 or a COX-2. NSAIDs block both. COX-1 is responsible for activity in the stomach, intestine, kidneys, and platelets. COX-2 is inducible, and it is responsible for inflammation, macrophages, synovia sites, things that induce inflammation in tissues, okay? And COX, I'm sorry, NSAIDs will inhibit both of these, and glucocorticoids will too. So we don't want to inhibit, we don't want to be messing with the prostaglandin production of the COX pathways. This will impact the GI renal and vascular system. COX-1 prostaglandins produced, um, will protect the mucosal lining of the stomach from acid. So we want to keep the COX1 pathway going. NSAID use leads to low acid, leaky gut, autoimmune disease, not great. And it starts to break down the mucosal lining. COX-2 is found in the lining of the blood vessels. And I think this is where we ran into a lot of problems with Celebrex and Vioxx. Blocking the COX-2 inflammatory cascade increases the risk of blood clots and increases blood pressure. And it also decreases nitric oxide. And nitric oxide is responsible for vasodilation of your vessels. So we're inducing clots and we're clamping them down. We're clamping down the vessels. Not good. When COX pathways are blocked, uh, more leukotrienes are produced via a third pathway, the lipooxygenase pathway. This contributes to worsening GI and cardiovascular disease because it promotes the release of chemicals that decrease cartilage synthesis, promotes cartilage breakdown, impairs the body to repair damaged cartilage matrix, inhibits anabolic bone activity. That's why we know that orthopods don't usually suggest giving ibuprofen after surgery or a fracture. It inhibits the proteoglycan matrix synthesis of cartilage. Cartilage is a proteoglycan layer, matrix, and it holds water and it's bouncy and slick. And so when we start to break down those that proteoglycan matrix, we start to get cartilage degradation, which is not good. It's the beginning of the end. So what happens? Things hurt and things hurt so that people take more NSAIDs. You see the vicious cycle here. I mean, forget about your GI and cardiovascular system for a minute. That's The GI system is gonna be a long, slow, painful death, or you bleed out. The cardiovascular system being impacted is going to lead to obviously strokes, heart attacks, blood clots, all kinds of problems. Um, but once we get this third, like uh, leukotriene pathway going, we've got we've now got further aggravation of everything above, including trauma and injury to the. Cartilage layer, which is ultimately what people are usually taking the NSAIDs for in the first place. Daily use of NSAIDs to treat degenerative joint disease actually speeds up the joint degeneration in a nutshell. So that's it. (laughs) That's my quickie on NSAIDs that I wanted to make sure to get out to you guys. If you are looking for pain relief, I completely understand. I'll share with you what I've shared with countless patients. This is not a prevention, treatment, or cure for arthritis. What I'm sharing here with you is how I used nutraceuticals or supplements as in a teeter-totter effect with the NSAIDs. What I would encourage the patient to do is to get on a product that contained anti-inflammatory herbs and other pain remediating um, ingredients. That doesn't always cut it though, right? This is not going to be as potent as it taking leave or Advil. Over time, when we start to use herbs like curcumin and boswellia and um, devil's claw, we start to see them kick in. And so it takes a little bit of time. And then on the tail end of that, we I generally add in a good quality fish oil. And the reason being is because when you get to about 3,000 milligrams of a good quality fish oil, the studies have shown that you start to reduce inflammation body-wide and we get cardiovascular benefit. So The key here is getting the herbs and the nutraceuticals and some collagen, some kind of good quality collagen powder in there to obviously start to heal the collagen layer. And then the fish oil added in to just give you a body-wide cardiovascular protective mechanism and inflammation-reducing mechanism this combination tends to work really well for patients. I've used it on countless patients over the last several decades. And I saw my mentor use this before me. I can't give you dosing, but I can tell you that over time people were able to reduce their NSAID use. And like I said, in a teeter-totter effect, they were able to get off the NSAID, some completely, and others use it much more infrequently in a much healthier way. As always, I've got you covered. I made sure that I had great products in my private supplement line just for pain, uh, specifically because this is what I treated for well over a decade in clinic, and I know what works. First off, I've got a really wonderful curcumin product, highly absorbable, well-tolerated, and it's, it's just a standard if you've got joint issues. Number two, I've got a, a great product called Hurtless, which has the white willow bark and the boswellia in it, as well as a high auric berry blend, which has been shown to be effective. I've got a daily collagen product. It's called Daily Collagen. And it's a wonderful collagen product. I love it. It's the one product my husband uses every day. And when he doesn't use it, he says, you know, my knees really notice. He really notices it on his knees when he doesn't take his daily collagen. We use just half a scoop in our coffee every morning. It's got a mild mocha latte flavor. It's delicious. It makes the coffee taste wonderful. And then I've got a high-quality fish oil that's very absorbable. It's three times the absorption rate of regular fish oil in a monoglyceride form. The reason I like this is because starting doses for inflammation are around three thousand milligrams of fish oil. That's usually three big capsules. If you're taking a thousand milligrams of my ultra mega okay, theoretically, you should be getting the absorption rate of about three thousand milligrams comparatively. So hopefully that math makes sense. It's not an exact, but we have seen in clinical studies that three times the absorption of regular fish oil, and so you you don't have to take as much. And these four products together, Are not going, these are not a prevention treatment or cure for osteoporosis or osteoarthritis or anything like that. What they are is helping you, if we can get the right ingredients on board for a long enough time, people are usually able to start weaning down off the NSAID use. And remember, Osteoarthritis, in my opinion, is a metabolic dysfunction of the joint. So again, I keep baiting that old drum about getting your metabolic health in order. It's diabetes of the joint. Osteoporosis really is a nutritional deficiency, diabetes of the bones. And more importantly, Sarcopenia, which is muscle wasting, these all go together as a triad. So if your muscles are wasting, your bones are going to be impacted as directly. So so when I see osteoporosis, I immediately think, where's the muscle, right? Where's clearly that those people always have very little, um, lean muscle mass to speak of. And when you start lifting weights, you start to improve your osteoporosis, you start to improve your metabolic health, and you start to really improve your joint health, not just directly and mechanically, but systemically as well. And so check out the products. It's store.drtina.com. If you use the coupon code NONSAIDS, that's N-O-N-S-A-I-D-S, NO NSAIDs. I'll give you 15% off any one of those products, or you can buy them all together and give them a try. That is what I put every patient on. Again, this is not medical advice. Talk to your healthcare practitioner. I'm just sharing. This was the protocol I used to get patients to decrease their NSAID use, not for any particular condition, but in general, if they were ingesting a lot of NSAIDs on the daily, like Advil, I would use these four products to get them to lower that. So I hope that's helpful and I hope you learned something today. Please share this episode with as many people as you know, because I guarantee you most of them are popping NSAIDs like candy and it's killing them slowly. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Tina Show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina. that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at DrTina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Gilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.